Uh, so thank you very much indeed for inviting me. And I have to say right from the start that I'm absolutely not an economist or a, a financial officer. And, and I'm humbled actually to be standing alongside both the experts on the panel and also what I know to be an extremely well-informed audience. What I am is a jobbing GP. I've lived and worked as a GP in Camden for the last 25 years. And in addition to that, for the last three years, I've been the uh, uh, clinical chair of the Camden Clinical Commissioning Group. I think as a clinician, what uh, really resonates with me in this report, and I completely understand, is that financial challenges are inextricably linked to both quality and safety and to effectiveness and efficiency. And in terms of quality and safety, that's because I passionately believe that uh, quality, which may be more expensive, is still better value usually. I believe the converse to be the case, that poor quality often leads to inefficient uh, services that are usually uh, very costly and, and expensive. And thirdly, I think focusing on financial cuts um, certainly in many cases compromises quality and, and safety. In terms of effectiveness and efficiency, I think that's because it ensures that we get the best value out of the resource that's available to us. And I think it's focused about things like doing the right thing to the right person at the right time and in the right place, and the cultures and behaviours that actually support doing that. And also it's about using evidence-based medicine and data and evaluation to make sure that we only do the things that we know benefit patients and we actually stop doing the things that do not do that. So I'm going to start with a slide that's even busier than John's and totally incomprehensible to you. But I'm using this as a what I consider to be a clinical example of much of what is contained in this report and probably some other issues as well. What this is is a slide uh, that I put together uh, from three generations of patients registered at my practice. Uh, it's anonymised and with their consent. And it looks chaotic because both their lives are chaotic and the system that supports them is chaotic. And although it's complex, um, it will resonate with many of you who've either been patients or clinicians um, and you will have experienced at least elements of this very complex system. So what it says is that we've got three generations, grandmother, mother and grandson. And the red line is basically their life, lifetime. And what we see is um, reproduced in each generation uh, a family that experiences early mental health disease. And most mental health is diagnosed by the age of 25, which inexorably leads to... Uh, long-term conditions through lifestyle choices and through other factors in early middle age and then multiple comorbidities um, as they get older. And what I did then, so the, the, red, the red boxes are basically healthcare usage and the blue boxes are social care usage just pulled from their medical records. And I then costed out the last year of the, these people's uh, lives, so just in 2013. And the cost to the system of these three people in Camden amounted to over a million pounds in health and social care usage. And I think it actually um, <coughs> eloquently describes um, 
what we have as a problem in our, our, our the challenges facing our NHS at the moment. So we have at a, 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 system, at a population level, we have here predictably poor health outcomes, ineffective services, and this actually affects those patients with mental health problems even more. So they have predictably poor health outcomes despite all this usage. There are inequalities in our system and we have very little focus on both prevention and the wider determinants of health. At a systems level, our system is reactive. It's not proactive and that results often in a lot of emergency care usage. It's fragmented. It's not planned or coordinated and the focus is usually on the needs of organisations, not on the needs of patients. There's duplication within organisations and also between organisations and frequent handoffs of care for these patients. And it's those handoffs those, where patients are passed from one part to the other that the clinical risk sits and that enormous costs are incurred. And that, to me, is our financial opportunity. It's not around cheaper services. It's around the wastage that we have in these handoffs and duplication of care. And the incentives and payments that we have at the moment tend to actually encourage all of these behaviours. And as a GP working in a surgery, these patients, for me, represent a significant amount of our increasing demands. They're increasingly complex, and the complexity is not just the patients themselves, it's the system around them as well. And there is great variability in the support to me as a GP to manage these patients, and a daily challenge to try and integrate their care particularly across health and social care. So two days a week I work with families like this in my practice and three days a week I go and make the resource decisions um, that I then have to go back into my practice and be accountable to those patients and also to my colleagues who are struggling to look after these patients. <laughs> As the report says, we're new, inexperienced organisations but I don't have an option to do nothing partly because of that accountability, partly because if I look at our medium-term financial planning within our CCG, I basically have two options uh, beyond about 2015-16. We either cut services or close a hospital, or we start to transform services now. But as Barack Obama says, change will not come if we wait for some time, some other person. So for me, there are three elements around patient care. The first is to prevent disease if we can. The second is to diagnose disease earlier and then treat those patients and prevent complications. And the third is then to support recovery or to support patients to live with that disease longer term. At the, mosem, at the moment, our resources predominantly are, are focused around treating disease in hospitals, which is absolutely right for some patients but not for the large numbers of patients, particularly those with long-term conditions, and I include in those mental health conditions and children with complex needs. So if instead we were to start with a patient at the centre to focus on delivery of outcomes that are defined by patients, with those patients segmented by need, not necessarily disease pathway, so for example our frail elderly patients, patients with learning disabilities, those that are homeless, children with complex needs... We can then use those outcomes to drive integration of care. 
and that's integration of care within organisations, which is improving care pathways and patient flows, and it's across organisations. And the other thing we need to do is to actually support our providers, because by supporting our providers to co-produce those new models of integrated care to respond and deliver patient outcomes, we ensure that the ownership of those new models transfers to our providers. We develop a shared clinical uh, governance arrangements that are needed to underpin a lot of these new models. And we also develop an understanding of the opportunities and threats that future models of providers, which will look very different, will be. And I think that comes to John's point about the time that's taken for this. So we're looking at federated GP models, more specialist centres, and it's only through actually co-producing and developing the models that it will become clear and transparent what is then needed in terms of providers to deliver those models. And finally, the necessary changes to workforce, to cultures and to behaviours. And there are key enablers that are required for that. Shared IT systems, data, informatics to measure and evaluate. And also changes to commissioning, which needs to be more collaborative. We need to look at the incentives and payments that are aligned to support delivery of population outcomes against available systems resource, not individual providers resource. So have we got any evidence that this utopian world of improving outcomes while reducing costs and meeting the financial challenges actually can work? So this is another incredibly busy slide, but it's just illustrative. So what we have done in Camden is we have uh, started to do work around our frail elderly. We've used exactly the approach that I've said. So we've defined our population through risk stratification and segmenting the population by need, i.e. the frail elderly population. We are using outcomes that we developed through workshops with clinicians, patients and carers, um, and which we then use as outcome measures of our system success. So you will see in the, on this side of the slide a typical Porter-style outcome hierarchy, the outcome our patients identified as being most important to them was to stay at home for more time. Not, not not going into hospital, but to stay at home for more of the time. What we then did was we got uh, our providers to come round the table and co-produce a model across providers in health, social care and the voluntary sector. And this has been operational for just one year and uses our Camden Integrated Digital Record, a systems-wide uh, uh, cloud-based system, to share medical records and data across our system. And then we've evaluated, so after one year. And the, the evaluation, the little squares and triangles, which are incredibly busy, represent the same patient six months before case management through an MDT approach, multidisciplinary team approach, and six months afterwards. So that's the outcome measure our patients told us was most important to them. And what we have done is we've managed, through this approach, to keep our patients at home for roughly 7% more time, which, given that these are the most vulnerable patients who you would expect to deteriorate over the year that we've been evaluating them, before and after, 
just to keep them at home the same amount of time I think would be impressive. So to keep them at home more time is a real significant improvement in experience and quality to them. What does that mean in terms of <coughs> service usage? Well, we've reduced A&E admissions, A&E and emergency admissions by approximately 50% and all outpatients by approximately 32% um, in this cohort of patients. But perhaps most fascinating to me is actually when we look at the trends, we are now starting to see a downward trend in our A&E attendances and emergency admissions of all our over-60s, suggesting to me that the cultures and behaviours that you can create by bringing people together and working in a different way goes out of the door of that MDT meeting and back into your entire system. Is it reproducible elsewhere? Well, we've also done work around our children and adolescent mental health services and shown exactly the same thing. By focusing on goal-based measures, outcome measures defined by the patients that require organisations to respond collectively to deliver those outcomes, we have improved the outcome measures by 74%, with a reduction in Tier 4 admissions of about 32%. And as most of those Tier 4 admissions in Camden, as elsewhere, are out of borough, that has meant a 72% reduction in the costs of out-of-borough placements, which also, for me, the most important thing is that the experience for those patients outside boroughs has been improved by allowing them to be managed in borough uh, without admission. So I'm just coming actually to a summary. So I think that addressing financial challenges, as outlined in the report, by focusing on quality and effectiveness measured by outcomes defined by patients and through a whole system rather than individual organisation approach, brings together patients and providers across the health and social care system locally to collectively determine the best use of our resources and it allows me to walk into my surgery tomorrow to see those same patients and colleagues and to feel that in, in addressing the challenges to the NHS that I've tried to apply the same principles to commissioning services across populations that I try to bring to my own clinical practice. Thank you very much. Thank you.